0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 59 of 211's Baseball Talk. My name is Dylan Baker. I'm excited to be with you yet again this week for another awesome, awesome episode. And we've got a busy one for you today. Last week we had a great episode just before the Blue Jays announced that they were not going to travel to Philadelphia over the weekend. So we'll talk all about, you know, coronavirus in Major League Baseball. It's it's an unavoidable topic. As, as annoying as it may be um, at this point for a baseball fan, we can't really go a minute without discussing it uh on a podcast so we'll talk about that we'll talk about the blue jays anemic offense uh of late and we will talk about their bullpen as well we will uh dive into the seven inning double headers that have just been instituted last week and again again two weeks in a row there was a rule change for this year announced by Major League Baseball minutes after we released the, the the podcast. So today I'm I'm recording it a little bit later, hoping that maybe just maybe you know we're able to catch some of the rumors as they uh, as they swirl. In case Major League Baseball is planning to do this to us again, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, so let's dive right into things. Coronavirus in Major League Baseball. Uh, there have been two teams now that have had cases among players the St. Louis Cardinals and the Miami Marlins of course the Marlins were back in action this week and they played really well against the Baltimore Orioles uh in in their first couple of games there so i've been impressed with the Marlins have shown i don't think they're they're for real and we will get into teams that uh that are for real or for show um later on in this episode of 211's baseball talk we'll talk all about uh, all about some of these teams that are coming up out of nowhere and uh and doing really well in their divisions and uh, in, in, in the league so that's what we'll do later but the the cardinals and the marlins of course with two the two teams with cases among players um just really irresponsible and frustrating that major league baseball had these protocols in place and teams blatantly decided not to follow them they just said you know what we don't need to do this and it was the Marlins in Atlanta for their exhibition games before the the season started in Philly for them. Uh, they went, to, I think it was partying to clubs and stuff. And, and so obviously you're going to get cases at a, at a club where people are dancing. The fact that those are even open right now is ridiculous to me. Um, in the U.S., that is. I'm not sure if they're open in Canada. I'm sure somebody will let me know. But uh, it, it's crazy that there are teams that decide, you know what? we're above this are we don't need to follow these protocols and maybe that's not what they're thinking but the fact that they're not following anything any of the guidelines by major league baseball it's it's super frustrating as a baseball fan because obviously we want to see this season take place i want to see this 60 game season take place it's exciting it's 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 going to be an exciting push, and the fact that the Marlins are going out to or Marlins are going out to clubs, and the Cardinals are going out to casinos is insane to me because all that's going to do is slow down the baseball season. Normally, who cares? Go to your club, go to your casino. I don't. I don't care. But we're in the middle of a pandemic. You got to be a little bit more responsible if you are the Miami Marlins or the St. Louis Cardinals because. If they keep doing this, there is no way that Major League Baseball gets a full season in. Uh, moving on a little bit from that, transitioning into the Blue Jays, they didn't get to play in Philadelphia this weekend because the uh, Phillies had a case, had two cases with clubhouse, visiting clubhouse attendance. Um, so hopefully everyone's okay there. But understandably, uh, the Jays did not want to travel to Philadelphia and at risk their health and safety. It sounds like the Jays are following the protocols very strictly. And they're doing a good job, uh, but I can completely understand why you would not want to go to Philadelphia, hearing that there were cases and a team that was infected with coronavirus uh, just before your arrival. That's not ideal for sure if you are uh, if you are the Blue Jays. So uh, I understand why they would want to why they would want to stay away from Philadelphia. They got the they were got permission to stay in Washington in DC to practice at Nationals Park, which was awesome. Uh, great, great uh, move by classy move by the Nationals. Um, allowing the Jays to to stay in practice at Nationals Park, so that's that's fantastic to see the relationships between teams and stuff. It's awesome. Of course, the Nationals were supposed to be in Miami this weekend, this past weekend, but because the Marlins had all their cases, the Nationals decided they didn't want to travel to Miami. So, um, after a Miami Philadelphia series, the Jays and Nationals would have faced both of those teams, but they elected not to go, um, and they came back on Monday or on Tuesday. Pardon me, because Monday was a scheduled off day in Atlanta. And boy, that was that was a disappointing game if you are the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays so far this year have had a tough time with runners in scoring position. Um it's been it's been shown on on the games if you if you're watching them, you can easily tell that with runners in scoring position the Jays have had trouble as a team this year they're only batting 214 with runners in scoring position. Uh Randall Gritschik leads the team in in batting average with runners in scoring position at 429, but that's because he he did miss a few games. Lourdes Goria Jr is next up with a 333 average with runners in scoring position. Um it's a bit upsetting to see for the Blue Jays because they've got so much talent and potential in that offense with Bobochet, Cavan Biggio, Lourdes Goriel Jr., Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I will even bring up Teoscar Hernandez, who had two multi-home run games last week uh in, in at Nationals Park uh when the Jays were facing Washington there. He had he's he's a guy with a lot of potential offensively. Defensively, I don't think he's I don't think he's the answer in right field, but I do think he's got an awesome, uh, awesome offensive potential. So it's been it's been upsetting to see how, how much they've struggled with runners in scoring position. I mean, you take a look at at the stats right now. Travis Shaw doesn't have a, a hit with runners in scoring position. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. doesn't have a hit with runners in scoring position. They're not going to drive in runs with uh, with without anybody, without getting clutch hits when they're needed with guys in scoring position. I think Guerrero has one RBI on this season. That was his solo home run that Victor Robles and Michael A. Taylor crashed into each other on. Um... And so it's been, it's been frustrating and you, you hear so much about what this Jays offense can do, but they're not doing it right now. Kevin Biggio has looked okay. Uh, he's looked decent lately. Um, and it's tough. I get it. Boba I think was the one who said it. it isn't like make to make excuses for his team, but coming back from four days with no baseball in the middle of a season, uh, you're going to struggle as an offense. And I understand that, but, uh, what they the, the, the show they put on in in Atlanta on Tuesday was was disappointing because they lost ten to one in that game, in case you're unaware. Not a pretty sight to see if you are a Blue Jays fan. Uh, Matt Shoemaker did not look very good he didn't look as sharp as he did in Tampa Bay and you think about that that's a long time without a start he was scheduled to start game one against the Phillies in Philadelphia but obviously he was unable to do that because of the fact the Jays didn't travel there so he would have been the next guy up but if I'm doing my math correctly that's uh that's a week and almost a week and a half without a start for Matt Shoemaker and you know Humans, you hear it so often, are creatures of habit. They have their routines. Pitchers are creatures of habit. They they have their routines, and then they magnify the normal human routine by a billion. Pitchers get into a routine during the season, get into a habit. They They know exactly what they need to do on every single day to get ready for their next start. And then all of a sudden, you get told you're not having a next start when you thought you were going to have it. We're going to push you back. We're going to push you back. And that could have been the reason that Hyunjin Ryu had such a terrible start in the finale in Washington. He did not look very good in that game. That was probably the worst I've seen Ryu. He's pitched in three starts, dominated in Atlanta last night, um, pitched really, really well there. Eight strikeouts looked fantastic. And, uh, in Tampa Bay, you know what? He was, he was okay. Certainly not a great game by Ryu's standards, but for most other pitchers, that would be, that would be a solid outing. Um, so his best outing was in Atlanta. He looked terrible in Washington. I've 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 not been so disappointed with with Ryu to this point uh, just yet. Um, and and then we saw we saw that he that he can struggle a little bit, but it's good to see that he bounced back in a, in a very good way against the Braves there. And the offense hasn't been there, but you know what has impressed me the Blue Jays bullpen. Um, taking a look at it and. I was a big I was a big fan of Ryan Baraki in the starting rotation, I still am. I still think Ryan Baraki is a starter down the road. That being said, if he were to pitch in relief, I wouldn't be furious about that because so far this season Ryan Baraki, I'm just going to pull up the numbers here. Um Ryan Baraki's pitched four and two thirds innings. Or sorry, that includes the exhibition game. So he's pitched this season and he's looked really, really good um out of the bullpen. He struck out the two batters he faced last night coming in for Thomas Hatch, who has also looked fantastic. Thomas Hatch is reaching ninety seven with that fastball out of the bullpen. I don't know if that's what he normally throws in the rotation when he's when he's starting. Obviously I didn't get a chance to watch him last season while he was uh while he was in double A, New Hampshire, but Thomas Hatch has looked really, really solid as as a Blue Jay. Obviously, he made his major league debut uh, against the Rays, excuse me, on uh, uh the, the finale of that's of that three game series. Looked great there. Pitch in the Washington series and um and got an outing in the game after Hyunjin Ryu came out uh against against the Braves yesterday. So Hatch has looked good, Baraki's looked great, Anthony Kaye has looked fantastic. Jacob Wagguspack not so much. pack got into a bit of a jam against the Braves on Tuesday, and it was already a six to one game uh, at that point. pack almost allowed the Braves' lead to to uh, be extended. Anthony Kay got called in out of the bullpen, uh, got a double play, intentionally walked a batter to to load the bases um, set up the force at any base. And then, uh, and then I believe it was a strikeout that K got there and, uh, and, and they retired the side. Anthony K's looked very impressive out of the bullpen. The Jays have some really talented young starting pitchers on this roster, um, this season and, and, uh, and they've pitched really well out of the bullpen, which has been great to see, because if if you can have that versatility, you're going to be a successful team. Um, and it looks like right now the Jays have that versatility among pitchers and among and among position players. Obviously, you know guys like Kevin Biggio can go play multiple positions on the infield or the outfield. Brandon Drury can do the same thing. They've got the tools. They've got the guys that can uh, that can that can make an impact. Um, and we talked about it a little bit earlier how Jacob Wagaspak struggled in uh, has struggled so far this season. He has been sent down. Of course, the rosters are trimming uh are, are being trimmed from 30 to 28 um right now because because major league baseball uh it, it wanted to trim the rosters back down to 26 in a few weeks but they the union convinced them not to they're going to go from 30 to 28 and that move is happening today so the blue jays have sent down santiago espinal and jacob wagas pack to the alternate training site and they are a part of the taxi squad which has been expanded to five players so they will have the 28 guys on the uh on the active roster and then the five on the taxi squad so that's 33 players in total uh Espinal and Waggs sent sent it's it's unfortunate for Santiago Espinal um he had his first big league hit in Washington didn't play uh in the brave series he he's struggled a little bit a little bit to play adjusting to major league pitching but understandably so i mean he's not necessarily known for his bat. he's more of a contact hitter in the or he was more of a contact hitter in the minor leagues. He's going to Rochester now, and uh, and I'm sure he'll he'll come back. It's not going to be the last we see of Santiago Espinal. I can uh, almost promise you that much. Um, Espinal had a good little stint defensively. He he used his speed very well, and uh, just couldn't put it together with the bat. And I think that's what led to his demotion. Of course, Billy McKinney was called up yesterday um, from the taxi squad because Derek Fisher was was placed on the 10-day IL with uh, with an injury there. So uh, to his left quad, I believe he left the game in Washington because of it. The Jays, all this to say the Jays offense needs some work, especially with runners in scoring position. Um, taking a look at the numbers again, like I said, they're batting 214 as a team with runners in scoring position. Uh, there are a lot of guys, Drury doesn't have a hit with runners in scoring position. Fisher doesn't have a hit. Panic Shaw, Guerrero Jr. all don't have hits with runners in scoring position that's been very frustrating. Uh Guerrero has looked better in the past two games. He's he's got 3 hits in Atlanta so far. Two of them came on Tuesday and then one yesterday. Um a lot of doubles for Vladdy, so that's been that's been good to see. Um you'd love to see a little bit more power from him and a little bit more consistent hitting. I saw a tweet the other day, I forget who it was from, uh, one of the producers at SportsNet tweeted out uh uh, seeing all these awesome at bats for Vladdy and in grounders makes me sad, and uh, it makes me sad too because Vladdy's putting together some great ABs here this season. He's been working counts, he's been fighting off tough pitches, but he's just been hitting a lot of ground balls. And you take a look at the at the numbers here: quality at bat percentage for the Blue Jays. Taking a look at guys who have a minimum of of twenty five at bats this season, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. leads the Blue Jays in quality at bat percentage at sixty point five percent. So 60, 60% of the time, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will face more than five pitches or make solid contact with the ball. And solid contact is a line drive, a hard ground ball, um, and or or get an extra base hit. Those all qualify as quality at-bats. So any one of, of, of three pitches after two strikes, uh, six-plus pitch at-bats, extra base hits, hard hit balls, walks, sack bunts, and sack flies. Those all qualify as quality at-bats. vladdy has got 23 and 36 ABs. Bo Bichette is next up on the team uh, with a 58% quality at-bat percentage. Um, Bichette has looked better. He struggled a little bit to start the season offensively. Looks like he's putting things together. Still searching for that first home run of 2020, but uh, he's starting to make better contact on the ball. And if the Jays can figure it out with runners in scoring position, they're going to have success because the rotation has looked solid besides the one off start for Shoemaker and Ryu. Um, Pearson's looked good. He's going tonight. Uh, and, and hopefully he can continue the success that he had in that Major League debut against Washington. If the Jays can put it together and get those clutch hits when it matters, they're going to be a strong team this season. The bullpen has looked good. Um, Jordan Romano's been been fantastic for the team. Uh, he has not allowed a hit this season out of the bullpen in five innings of work and relief. So he's been great. Uh, and, and, and he's he's looked awesome. He's got a, a incredible velocity, uh, and he's he's been a huge piece of the back end of that bullpen, especially without Ken Giles pitching in that eighth inning just before Anthony Bass. And if Giles does come back and pitch this season, which is not necessarily guaranteed because of the fact that he does have a, an arm injury, we don't know if we'll actually see Ken Giles this season. If he does, and Romano has to transition back into that seventh inning role, I wouldn't be too upset about that because I think wherever Jordan Romano pitches, he's going to have success. And one guy that I've been a little bit upset that we haven't seen more is AJ Cole, who looked really good in his first in who has who has looked really good in his first few outings this season. Um I'm I'm a little bit upset that he that he has not been been used more by the Blue Jays, but what are you going to do there? I mean, Cole and Romano are up near the top of the uh, the Blue Jays pitchers in FIP. Uh, Ryan Barucki leads the Blue Jays in FIP with a uh, .59 FIP. But uh, you know what? I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Bass and Romano. baraki has been great out of the bullpen, a great adjustment for him. If that's where he ends up pitching, that's where he ends up pitching. Maybe we could see higher velocity from him and a lefty arm. That would be great. But if he does become a starter, I think he would be a very dependable one at that so uh, I'm I'm very interested interested to see what happens. And this season is a sh- is a shortened season, but whether it was going to be shortened or not, this season was going to be a huge one for all the Blue Jays young players. They were going to cement themselves in the roles that they were going to have in the future, because the Baraquies of the world could have. Uh, could have said, could have made a statement and said, I'm in the starting rotation with a great outing in the rotation this year. Um, and you know, these, these, these prospects that came up could say, could, could have shown, you know what I, this is my position. This is where I belong. This was going to be a defining season for the blue Jays. And even though it's only 60 games, it's going to stay that way. So, uh, for Baraki to pitch out of the bullpen as well as he has, that's a huge bonus for the team. Uh, and hopefully he can continue that success, and the Jays' bullpen can continue being solid without Sam Gabilio, who's been sent down finally. Jacob Wagaspak, who had a rough outing, he's been sent down as well. Shunyamaguchi got out of an inning um, this this week, and I was looking at this stat here. Shunyamaguchi, uh, first pitch strike walk percentage. So that is an at-bat, or a plate appearance, I should say, where uh, he throws a first pitch strike, but it still ends up with a walk, he leads the team in that category with a uh, uh, with a forty percent first pitch strike walk percentage, which is terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's uh, it's not a stat you like to see. When you get a first pitch strike, you're ahead in the count. You should be. You know, it should be your time to shine as a pitcher. And most of the time, it's ended in walks for Yamaguchi. So, uh, hopefully, he can turn things around. He looked pretty good. Uh, when he when when he came into pitch in Atlanta. I think he did have a walk there, but you know what? He's learning Major League Baseball. Don't use him in high leverage situations. I think the way that Montoyo used him in that Atlanta game was perfect. Maybe he could have come in a little bit earlier, um, but uh, he's a guy that kind of comes in in a mop-up role, so, um, so I wasn't too disappointed there. Um, moving on now, the Blue Jays have looked good, but moving on to a Major League Baseball rule change. That was instituted last week again, just after we released the episode of the podcast. I was upset. It's two weeks in a row that this has happened. Um, so Major League Baseball instituted the seven-inning doubleheader rule. Uh, I understand why they did it. Obviously, a lot of baseball fans are not big fans of this. A lot of a lot of baseball fans are not big fans of this this rule change. But but I get why it was done and I I, I'm not a big fan, but I understand why they did it in a 60 game season. You're going to need to with, with as much as uncertainty as we have this year, it's not like there was a strike that postponed uh, the season. And and so it's only 60 games. There's a pandemic and unlike a strike where a new labor deal is reached. We don't know what's going to happen in the pandemic. There is no guarantee that they get this full season in, um, they need to, the teams need to save arms especially with the fact that there was a shortened uh summer camp slash spring training 2.0 uh that took place um uh, this this summer in early july so pitchers wouldn't have been ramped up as as well as they would have been coming out of spring training so teams need to be cautious and playing seven inning double headers it allows teams to 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 make sure that their arms are uh, are well rested coming out of the bullpen, coming out of, pitching in the rotation. And uh, because there are going to be a lot more doubleheaders this season than we've seen in the past. And I think that's a reality that baseball fans are going to have to face because there are going to be a lot of postponed games, a lot of rescheduled games because of the pandemic, because of rain, obviously that that's, that's a given, but because of coronavirus and the, the likelihood that there are teams that will get cases among players, there are going to be a lot of games that are rescheduled because teams won't want to travel to the Miamis of the world to, to Philadelphia when there are teams that have been there that, uh, that had coronavirus cases. So there are going to be a lot of doubleheaders and Making sure those double headers are seven innings uh, allows you to to have a starter pitch five or six, and then have a have an Anthony K or Ryan Baraki throw you two innings or, or or one depending on the situation in game one, and then maybe you can allow your 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 big back end of the bullpen guys to pitch in the second game. But it's it's mainly to save the arms of pitchers, which is a huge huge piece. So while a lot of people might not like seven inning double headers. I can't say I do. I can't say I'm a big fan of them. But at the same time, I 100% understand and back the reasoning of, uh, of this decision from major league baseball. So um, I I think it could lead to some exciting baseball because it's only seven innings. Uh, It'll be shorter games, obviously. And uh, I can't wait to see how, pitcher how managers use their 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 pitchers in those situations. Obviously the Tigers and uh and Reds had a situation like that this weekend. They had seven inning doubleheaders and then the Yankees and Nationals had that happen to them yesterday or Yankees and Phillies, sorry, had that happen to them yesterday at the time of this recording. So um uh, we have seen that I haven't really paid attention to those games to be completely honest. Next time I see a doubleheader though I will watch to see how uh, how managers handle that pitching staff of theirs. Um in these in these doubleheader days, because if a, if you can if you can handle your pitching staff the right way, not only do you does it make you look really good as a manager, like you look like a solid solid skipper, um, it will it will help your team greatly uh, down the road when you have some more saved arms. So I I, I I'm excited to see the strategy that comes out of. Of uh, these these doubleheaders, moving on to the are they for real or for show part of the show. Um, Of course, there are teams that are in playoff spots as we speak that probably shouldn't be there, and uh, we'll get into that. We'll see if they are for real or for show. We are going to go through the American League and then the National League. I will tell you if uh, if they are for real or for show. I will give you my thoughts on their performances to start the season, and that's how we will wrap things up today. Uh, the Yankees are for real. I will just say this right now. The Yankees at nine and two, the twins at 10 and two, um, the Cubs at 10 and two and the Dodgers at nine and four. They are for real. I will tell you that much right now. They are for real. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles at five and six. Could we see them around 500? Yes, we could. We likely won't. They are for show, for show, for show. They are for show, Faux show. Man, oh man, I've just really ramped up the dad jokes in the past uh, few weeks of the podcast. Uh, I'm pretty proud of that one, actually. Um, they are for show, for show, the Baltimore Orioles are. There is no way that this team ends up in a playoff spot at the end of the season. They are just not quite there yet. The Orioles, I think, are on the right track. They are going to have solid arms uh, in their rotation in a couple of years. John Means is a good one that they have right now. But I don't think that their pitching staff is enough to carry them into the playoffs. Um, I don't think they have enough on that pitching staff to lead them into the playoffs. And uh, the the offense isn't quite there either. Um the Rays being five and seven, that's faux show. Sure. Uh it's four show. Sure. My goodness. Now I'm confusing myself. Uh, I think the Rays will turn things around. I think that they will be um they will be a better team, a much better team this season. Boston at four and eight, I'm not that surprised by it. uh the White Sox, seven and five. They are for real. The Chicago White Sox are for real this season. They've got great young pieces on that team. Juan Moncada is turning into a superstar. Luis Robert has looked fantastic since being called up. Iloy uh, Jimenez just continues to grow as a player. They've got a really good offense. The pitching staff, Giolito's a fantastic arm. Um, Dallas Keuchel is a good one too. They they need a little bit more maturity from that pitching staff, maybe one more year, and they are Definite World Series contenders this year. I think they're they're going to make it into the playoffs. Um, how far they go, I don't know. Cleveland. I'm in between on Cleveland. I think that they can be for real if they figure out their offense. Because their offense, if you think the Blue Jays have struggled with running the scoring position, if you think the Blue Jays have struggled, you know, at the plate, you haven't seen Cleveland play. Because Cleveland has a fantastic Starting rotation. Um, Shane Bieber looks incredible. I've never seen a guy pitch the way Bieber has to start the season. Zach Plezak looks fantastic. Mike Clevenger, good as always. Carlos Carrasco, fantastic. All these guys, they're great arms in that Cleveland rotation. And I know there's one that I'm missing. I'm not too sure who it is. But they the, their starting rotation has looked great. The bullpen has looked solid. The problem is the offense just hasn't been there. Francisco Lindor cannot single-handedly carry that Cleveland offense, and if they can figure it out offensively, they're for real. If they can't, then they're for show. Uh, Detroit being five and five, that is for show. Um, they're not going to end up at five hundred this year. Um, you can see, you could probably see them at the, the basement of the American League this season. The Oakland A's at eight and four, they are for for. Uh, real. Sorry, I almost lost it there. They're for real. They're going to be a good team this season. I'm confident in that. The question is, are they going to stay in first place ahead of the Astros all year? Um, We'll see what happens there. Uh, the A's have looked really good to start the season. Also, two walk-off Grand Slams. this. Season. That's incredible, and I saw a tweet the other day. It still applies now at the time of this recording. The Oakland A's have two wins on walk-off Grand Slams this season. The Pittsburgh Pirates have two wins. Total, total, two wins total. Pittsburgh has struggled. Oakland has looked fantastic. Houston, six and five. They're for real. They're obviously going to be a contender. The question is, hovering around 500, is that where they're going to be this season? Um, We'll see about that. The offense hasn't looked very good there. Seattle, five and eight. Yeah, I I don't know. And and the the Angels at four and eight. I think they could turn things around. But again, I said it this offseason when they signed Rendon, they don't have the pitching to go deep in the playoffs. They, they just don't, they've got great offense, but zero pitching in my mind. Um, right now, the bullpen's somewhat okay, but the starting rotation needs a big piece there. Um, Miami at five and one, they are faux show for show. My goodness. Um, the Marlins being five and one is a coincidence. It's only because of the fact that they missed the first weekend or, or second, the entire second week of the season, Uh, Our first full week of the season, I should say, they're not going to last in a playoff spot. I can tell you that much. The Braves, though, they are for real. They are likely going to be at the top of this division all season long. I'm excited to see what they are able to do. The entire NL East, besides the Marlins, I think has a chance of competing for a playoff spot. Um, So we'll see what happens there. The Cubs are for real. We talked about it at the top of the show, uh, at the top of the segment, I should say. Milwaukee, I think they can turn things around. Cincinnati, they could be for real. Um, the pitching hasn't looked fantastic, but the offense has looked great. They have some good arms in that rotation. Luis Castillo is one of them, Trevor Bauer is another. Um, they have the potential, it's just can they make good of it and uh, potentially make the playoffs? We will have to see. Colorado at eight and three, they're an interesting team. I think that they are for show. Um, I think they could contend, but they're not going to stay at the top of that division all season. The Dodgers are they are for real. Uh, the Padres seven and six they are for real the san diego padres are going to compete for a playoff spot this season you can uh, you heard me say it last week and i promise you that the padres will be in the hunt all year long that rotation looks fantastic fernando tatis jr being so clutch for my fantasy team and uh he's put on a show this season in san diego i think they are for real and uh i really hope that you enjoyed today's episode of 211's baseball talk this is where we'll wrap things up Uh, Thank you all very much for joining today. Next week, we've got episode 60 on the way for you. We hope you tune in and we'll see you then.